0: This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. WhatsApp has sued the government of India. It has taken the government to court over its new laws.
1: Google is now claiming that the new
2: IT rules are not applicable to its search engine and the matter has now been taken up to the Delhi High Court. You have one chance to comply with new IT rules or face consequences. The Indian government told Twitter, the global microblogging platform, including the possibility that Twitter could be held accountable for content posted on it. The big tech and social media giants, Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, Google, that have become a lifeline for millions of us, are unwilling to follow every single diktat laid down by the Indian government. Both sides have their own views on censorship, data privacy and content regulation, but now the battles have reached a flashpoint. I am Devina Sengupta and you are listening to The Morning Brief. Today I talked to Nikhil Pawa a data privacy and net neutrality activist on the different turf wars that these social media giants are fighting. Later on, Senior International Council and Asia-Pacific Policy Director at Access Now, Ramanjit Singh Chima, stitches the larger picture for me and explains the global impact of this fallout and what can be done for the true spite to be smoked. Good morning, Nikhil, and thank you for being with us on The Morning Brief.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on, Devina.
2: Thank you, Nikhil. Nikhil, can you explain for our listeners this battle of freedom of speech, battle of privacy that the social media giants are fighting against the government of India?
1: So, Devina, we need to take a step back and see the battle between platforms and the government and most importantly, international platforms and the government. So, India is trying to assert its sovereignty over the internet. And two prongs that it is using in this battle are one of privacy and the other is around freedom of speech and the ability to regulate platforms to regulate speech. So the one prominent one around privacy is uh, after these Internet rules were passed, the, uh, uh, the the IT rules, Information Technology Rules 2021, which were passed on the 25th of February and uh, for social media platforms became effective on the 25th of May, where one of the requirements in the rules is that WhatsApp needs to be able to determine the identity of an originator of each message. And so WhatsApp has now gone to court and has filed a case against the Indian government to prevent this from happening. And, you know, even with WhatsApp's recent history of its privacy policy, which many users are concerned about, where it's sharing more data with Facebook, The question that people are asking is, how is WhatsApp suddenly concerned about privacy?
2: Correct. In fact, you had recently mentioned, and I quote, this is probably the most significant privacy case in India. Yes, platforms need to be regulated, but in a manner that gives users power over platforms, not in a manner that empowers government and allows them to use platforms to control user speed.
1: So, why this is the most significant privacy case in India it, after the right to privacy judgment is because it will actually test the right to privacy judgment. Now, according to that judgment, uh, you, uh, the government of India or, or the violation of privacy is possible if it is backed by law, is proportionate, is serving a, a, a legitimate state interest and is necessary. So let's take the worst case example of a child pornographer that the government of India wants to track, right? They want to identify who has sent that one child porn video. And all of us can agree that it's important to be able to identify that person, to prosecute that person. It is necessary, it is proposed to ask for information on on one user, it's serving a legitimate state interest. Now, WhatsApp doesn't track any information on any user. So these information technology rules that were passed on the 25th of Feb and became effective on the 25th of May mandate that WhatsApp needs to be able to identify the originator of each message. For WhatsApp to do that, they will have to start collecting information on each message and each user because there is no way that they can only do it for one message and one user. So the question that that is before courts now is that, is it disproportionate? to ask a platform to completely revamp its architecture and effectively violate everybody's privacy to be able to catch that one person who needs to be caught.
2: What's the global precedent on this? Do other countries make such demands? Uh, What about the Five Eyes, which is the intelligence alliance of Australia, Canada, New Zealand, the United Kingdom and the USA?
1: Facebook had essentially said that it has plans to roll out end-to-end encryption across all its messaging services, Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger, apart from WhatsApp. And so that's what they're trying to prevent, that right now, for them, WhatsApp is invisible, but they are still able to track and get information on Facebook Messenger and Instagram Messenger.
2: So the five eyes do not want end-to-end encryption.
1: Most governments do not want end-to-end encryption because they want to be in a position to surveil citizens when they need to. So the core question here is, can you force a platform to collect information when it doesn't?
2: Correct. Can you do that at all is going to be the big question. But what about Twitter? Does Twitter have a very different fight with the government?
1: The way I look at it is that Twitter has a very comparatively smaller user base. You know, Facebook is over 400 million users in India. WhatsApp has over 550 million. Twitter has about 170 plus million, right? It's small, but it's a very noisy user base. It's a very impactful user base because what people say on Twitter gets carried by news channels and newspapers. And so therefore, you know, the volume is louder. This recent stretch of battles between the Indian government and Twitter began uh, somewhere towards the end of January when the farmer protests were going on and Twitter received orders to censor content, censor a hashtag, as well as block some accounts. Correct. Twitter pushed back against that order saying that the order to censor is not lawful. Now, none of us have seen this order. A part of the IT Act, the rules uh, to Section 69 of the IT Act allow the government to issue orders which are secretive in nature. And no one is allowed to disclose them, including Twitter and the government.
2: We reached out to the social media giants for their comments on our podcast. Twitter declined to comment. However, according to late night reports on Wednesday, Twitter wrote to Government of India, seeking more time to comply with IT rules. Facebook and Google did not respond to our queries. However, this is what a WhatsApp spokesperson mailed us. I quote, Requiring messaging apps to trace chats is equivalent to asking us to keep a fingerprint of every single message sent on WhatsApp, which would break end-to-end encryption, and fundamentally undermines people's right to privacy. We have consistently joined civil society and experts around the world in opposing requirements that would violate the privacy of our users. In the meantime, we will also continue to engage with the Government of India on practical solutions aimed at keeping people safe including responding to valid legal requests for the information available to us. Nikhil, everything seems to be coming towards a climax right now when it comes to this tussle between these two sections. The government has recently said that redressal mechanism needs to be in place, that you need to have someone who is going to be responding to us, who will look into the issues that the government is raising. Now, for our listeners, can you help us understand what is the importance of this mechanism? How does a redressal mechanism work? And what is the government's justification for there being such a mechanism?
1: So, there have been complaints about social media platforms not responding to user grievances. And therefore, there is very legitimately a need for a grievance redressal and for platforms to respond to complaints from users. So, in the IT rules... This process has been laid out by which there has to be a grievance officer, a nodal officer, and a chief compliance officer. Now, when a user complains, it has to be acknowledged within 24 hours. And within 15 days, the complaint has to be resolved. Now, for platforms with over 100 million users, if you know 0.01% of their user base complains every month, that, you can imagine, is going to be a fairly significant ask for them to comply with.
2: Is that the reservation they have against uh, this kind of uh, compliance?
1: I, I would was... assume that, that that would be one of them. But I think the primary problem which they have highlighted and all platforms have highlighted is that there is criminal liability potentially for the chief compliance officer and a safe harbor provision which protects these platforms and essentially means that they're not treated like publishers but mere conduits for our speech, you know, that safe harbor will be removed, which means if there is defamation, let's say if I defame you online, on, on Twitter or, or on YouTube, and my grievance is not addressed by the platform, then I can go to court and not just sue you, but also the platform. I can understand the need for grievance redressal, but, you know, it's also important to protect the platforms that protect our speech, And no platform will survive this kind of liability, especially in an environment where Twitter is at the center of this foreign company versus the Indian nation kind of rhetoric, which has emerged since at least for Twitter since earlier this year. And even with the grievance to address, let's not forget that post the deadline of May 25th, there were many platforms who did not have a grievance to address person appointed or even a chief compliance officer appointed they had job posts out for those even at that point in time but it seems that twitter is being singled out for this action here
2: a final notice has been sent by the centre to Twitter and this is on the IT rules in India. Remember, a deadline was given to the social media platforms, social media intermediaries in India to comply with the uh, new IT rules. Many of them did not comply with the new IT rules. I want to shift the focus towards another probably the most big tech giant out there, which is Google. Mm -hmm. Google has said in the court that it is a search engine and should not be subject to the same IT rules as significant social media intermediaries. What do you mean by that?
1: So a significant social media intermediary is using a broad definition, an entity which allows for communication between two individuals. So sharing, uploading, forwarding, That's a social media intermediary. A significant one is a social media intermediary, which has more than 5 million users in India, which is a fairly small number if you think about it, because we have over 500 million users in the country.
2: Okay. And this is the issue that Google has put up that, you know, we don't fall in this category. So these rules don't apply to us at all.
1: Right. So what had happened in court was that a single judge bench had ruled and this was a complaint regarding some photos or some pornographic information, I believe, about an individual that had been published online and they had been indexed by Google search. Now, Google has cleared the cache, but I believe the court in its judgment has said that the rules of a significant social media intermediary should apply to Google and it must proactively take down content. Because the IT rules also have a provision where platforms are encouraged to proactively take down content they're not mandated to. So the court seems to have said that Google is a significant social media intermediary and needs to proactively take down any further uploads of this content, which is quite difficult for any platform to do because Google is just indexing the world. Do you
2: see the government blocking any of these social media platforms? Nigeria has blocked Twitter.
1: I think it's highly unlikely, especially since these IT rules don't really allow the government to ban a platform for non-compliance. That's one thing that's very clear in the rules itself. But they still do have a provision under section 69 of the IT Act, which allows them to block any link or any information on the web. So they can order the blocking of accounts. They can order the blocking of platforms by themselves, like they did with TikTok and some 200 plus Chinese apps. India is currently cozying up to the Biden administration because he's just come into office and somewhere I think the antecedents of, of the Indian government with respect to US platforms over the last year hasn't been particularly great or hasn't been encouraging. So I don't know how keen they would be to challenge the Biden administration in its relationship with India, especially when India has sought vaccines from the US, given the shortage of vaccines here.
3: With regard to India, I spoke at length with Modi, the Prime Minister. We are sending immediately a whole series of help that he needs.
2: While Nikhil took me through the major battlegrounds and pointed out to the global equations that are at stake, I caught up with International Council and Asia Pacific Policy Director at Access Now, Ramanjit Singh Chima, on how this fight will impact. More than just four or five social media giants. Good morning, Raman. Thank you for being with us on The Morning Brief.
0: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you, Raman. Raman, massive fight right now between the social media giants and the government of India. What do you make of this tussle?
0: I think the concern I have is in the fight, how it's being portrayed or rather how the government seeking to portray it about a certain Indian law and sovereignty over tech companies is actually a smokescreen to pass very concerning regulations as well as have platforms they send them including those that might directly harm our fundamental rights to free speech privacy and the freedom of association and assembly and in effect in making it a fight between big tech companies and government actually what's going to happen is we are not going to have more remedy or more accountability of big tech and meanwhile we're going to have more infringement on our rights so that's where i'm coming from and that's my concern in terms of how the debate is going
2: but raman this is uh Just opposite to what the government of India is saying, naturally, they are saying that we are not taking away the freedom of speech or the right to protest. What we are saying is that if there is any post which is causing harm to a larger audience, then the big tech companies should be made accountable.
0: So I think it's very important to unpack what the government is saying, because obviously all governments are not democracies, try to often justify what they're doing. And I think, unfortunately, at this point of time, we're seeing a situation where the Indian government is unfortunately very keen, at least the union government uh, led by the India coalition is very keen to increase its ability to force all types of web, web platforms not just tech, big tech companies, but even not-for-profit tech companies, small initiatives and others online to agree with all sorts of web censorship orders and to facilitate significant surveillance. See, what the government keeps saying is, oh, we're not directly censoring people. But in fact, what they've done is through these rules, is they've created an environment to help make such censorship possible.
2: Ramal, there was an important point you mentioned out there, but the government of India has repeatedly said that The same big tech players, when they are abroad, they follow the laws of the land out there. That time they bring down the posts if the governments in those respected countries complain. Why shouldn't they follow the same law of the land or a similar law of land in India?
0: So I think it's very important to go into the specific data the government uh, is using or claiming to back up those claims. Because the reality is that they have not shown any specific examples right now about massive censorship orders sent to tech platforms by other democratic governments. If the government of India is seeking to uh, compare itself to Russia, China... Turkey or other problematic states uh, in the space of internet freedom, that's a separate issue. But if they can show what sort of you know, compliance other platforms are getting from rather how, gov- how these platforms are responding to our go- governments in a way that they believe is unfair, we can go into that. But the bigger thing of what you miss in all of this is the government of India is already the one of the largest issuers of censorship orders to tech platforms globally. If you see the transparency reports, reports of major uh, platforms, whether it be Google, Facebook, Twitter, or many others, nearly all of them, the Indian government normally features, or rather India, features very high up. Normally, number two or number three in terms of the number of takedown
4: orders, for example, sent to tech platforms. They were reluctant to appear before the Parliament of India. They will go and appear before the American Congress. They will go and appear before the House of Commons. But before Indian parliament, no, we can't appear. What is this? In the case of Singapore variant, they will remove immediately. But Indian variant of this disease is being pushed by people. You will keep quiet unless we are tough. So these double standards I'm exposing to you. And thereafter they say freedom is under threat. Do business in India, earn good money, entirely your take call. You'll have to follow the constitution of India and the laws of India.
2: That was Telecom IT and Law Minister Ravi Shankar Prasad mentioning why all these global social media companies need to follow the law of the land just the way they would if they were to operate abroad. Raman, were you expecting this amount of backlash? from the big tech companies probably this is going to turn out to be the biggest fight of the year and uh, probably one of the biggest even the tech companies have seen respectively globally
0: no i expected the tech sector to figure out ways to challenge it because if you've been following the space and not just big tech but nearly every single technology player for-profit or not-for-profit that's been following the ITAT rules from when the, uh, you know when it was revealed by Indian newspapers that the government of India was trying to secretly redraft them back in December of 2018. It's been everyone saying that, look, what you're doing here is very dangerous. It's contrary to what the Indian Supreme Court did when the Shreya Single Judgment was passed in March 2015 that laid down that free speech applies online and in fact read down the predecessor of these rules. So I expected a big controversy and challenge to happen. So
2: if we take a step ahead right now, and think about the kind of subscribers that all these big tech companies have in India, what kind of a middle path or what kind of an understanding do you expect the tech companies and the government to
0: reach because both need each other? I think what you will see is tech firms will implement some of parts of the rules. They will consistently mention many other parts of the rules cannot be enforced without significant changes and things that would potentially be illegal or they believe they want to see what the courts are saying on it. And quite a few tech platforms, whether big, small or Indian or global, are waiting to see outcome of some of these court hearings. So unfortunately, what's going to probably end up is you're going to see people minutely dissecting what judges say as the different high courts hearing these challenges proceed on their their cases. You'll see a lot of posturing or I would say policy making by press release happening between the Indian government, between the Ministry of Electronics and IT and certain tech platforms. But what I think you will also lastly see is there is going to be more international pressure on India, pressure from other democratic governments and others saying We believe you need to protect users, but what you're doing here leaves a bad impression globally that India is not doing this to advance user interests, but it's doing this to exert political control over speech and create more surveillance powers for itself.
2: Right. And Raman, my final question before I let you go is Facebook has just made a global announcement that it will no longer treat content posted by politicians as inherently of public interest or newsworthy. And such posts will be moderated like other users, though the company will provide a newsworthiness exemption in rare cases. Now, this is a global decision taken, but obviously this means that this also will apply to the Indian system. Do we expect another tussle now between Facebook and government because they are going to start moderating the content of the politicians?
0: Quite likely. And I I think this is the heart actually of this current debate about the Indian government saying, well, we want to go after tech platforms. It's not about holding tech platforms accountable to the rule of law. That's an, that is a, you know, ideal Situation and I believe many civil servants would like that, but in reality, these civil servants are operating within a political system right now that actually wants them to give a message to tech platforms that do not apply your content moderation and regulation standards against not just elected lawmakers or public officials in India but politically significant persons. This is partly in a sense you could un- you could say as an unfortunate Indian response to the growing pushback against hate speech online, particularly in the West, especially in America, in the run-up to the US presidential elections, and the comments made by Donald Trump and his supporters, and the actions taken by tech platforms to restrict him and others there.
2: Twitter has permanently suspended the account of Donald Trump. Now, the tweets that Donald Trump has in fact put out... Uh, His latest tweets from January 8th have, in fact, provoked this decision by Twitter. Twitter has, in fact, said that it has suspended the accounts due to risk of incitement of violence. Right. So that is the crux, because when you say... When you're going to regulate expression, when you're going to regulate privacy, it cannot be only relegated to the larger audience. It has, also has to include the very leaders who are asking for those regulations.
0: Absolutely. And I'll leave you with one like you know illustration. As I said, you're seeing all sorts of investigations into, you know, Twitter labeling certain politicians now. But I'll ask you as an Indian user who is probably on Facebook, I certainly was, and whose data was potentially impacted in the Cambridge Analytica situation, where Facebook, by its own admission, said millions of Indians were impacted. I'll ask you where are the results of the investigation into Cambridge Analytica from the Indian government?
4: It is suspected, Chairman, sir, that Cambridge Analytica may have been involved in illegally obtaining data of Indians which could be misused. The government has entrusted the issue to be investigated by the CBI for possible violation of Information Technology Act 2000 and Indian Penal Code.
2: You heard the Telecom, IT and Law Minister Ravi Shankar Prasad vociferously mentioning how Cambridge Analytica had managed to access data of thousands of Indians and how the government vouched to go after them. And to know what next on the Anvil, I spoke to Surbhi Agarwal, who tracks technology sector for the Economic Times for the latest from the government corridors. Hi, Surbi It's good to catch up with you on so much that's happening in your sector. Surbi you have been tracking this battle between the tech giants and the government of India. And over the last two weeks, it has reached flashpoint. I wanted to understand what has been the extent of compliance in the last two weeks that the big techs have come up with or
3: have followed. Sure. So, Devina, like you said, that it's been 15 days since these uh, rules, which notified in February, came into effect. And uh, there are certain companies that have complied. There are certain companies that have complied to an extent. And there are certain companies which have not complied at all. So, uh, for instance, Google... Uh, Facebook, WhatsApp, uh, the government says that they have complied with the rules, some part of the rules, uh, while others like Twitter, uh, according as per the government sources, they feel that Twitter has not complied with the regulations. If you see the Twitter episode, the standoff with the government is only increasing because the government says that while Twitter has responded to the government's request asking for its compliance, it has appointed a lawyer with a law firm in Bangalore as its compliance officer, which is just not uh, acceptable or allowed as per the rules. And only last Friday, the government sent a sort of a last warning or a final missive to Twitter saying that either you comply or you lose your intermediary status. Now, we have to also see that there are lots of other companies like Telegram and Signal, which are yet to clearly state Uh, what is their level of compliance. There are other uh, mandates as per the rules, which is traceability, which is again, a very, very uh, contentious point where we have seen WhatsApp going to the court against the government. Uh, We don't know what is the status of telegram and signal, which are again, end-to-end encrypted platforms. We don't know whether they will be complying with this request. Appointing an officer is one thing, but going ahead and telling the government, we are fine with your request to traceability is something that we have to see. There are other mandates like voluntary verification, which is like the government has said that every company, a significant social media intermediary needs to provide its users with a way to voluntarily verify themselves, either using a phone number or some kind of identification. Again, that's another point where we don't know how much the companies have complied.
2: But should we also wanted to understand is industry bodies have also written to the government of India. Are there any meetings taking place between the industry bodies, between these companies
3: and the government? Right. In the past, the industry bodies had uh, sort of written letters to the government trying to ask for extension of the deadline of uh, of when the rules came into effect for asking for these kind of provisions on criminal liability to be dropped. And after the rules were notified, we know some bodies uh, you know, are trying to reach out to the government. For example, Mukesh Aghi of USISPF told me personally that you know, he is going to take up the matter. Similarly, IMAI is also trying to engage with the government on some of these issues. Uh, one is issue is, of course, of the issues, the various concerns that companies have with these guidelines. And uh, another issue is you know what happened with Twitter, where a police team sort of went to the office and the entire uh, uh, sort of threat to the employees or the intimidation that the company is calling out. So, you know, those are the issues on which these bodies are trying to engage with the government, whether uh, other companies will join the fight. My answer is, uh, of course, they will, because, you know, as far as the government, the moment it says that, no, you have to have an employee in India, who's your grievance officer or your compliance officer, and that person will have some sort of a Criminal liability. I think more and more companies will oppose it. Uh, we might just see more companies going to the court. Uh, so this is not ending anytime soon, according to me.
2: Right. Uh, this doesn't look to be a quick fix for sure. For the listeners, when uh, Surbi mentioned Mukesh Agi, she was referring to Mukesh Agi, who works with partnership in the U.S. India Strategic Forum, right? Uh,
3: That's right. So Mukesh Aghi is the President and CEO of the US-India Strategic Partnership Forum. It's an Indo-American body, uh, which sort of lobbies for American companies in India and Indian companies in the US.
2: Correct. And IMAI here would be the Internet and Mobile Association of India, which again is an industry body. Yes. Surbi, thank you so much for helping us understand the next step ahead and how the industry bodies are also lobbying for a smoother functioning of both the big techs and the government of India, because after all, it's the users, millions of us who get impacted. Thank you so much, Surbi. Thank you. So like Surbi said, the coming weeks will decide who blinks first, the government or the social media giants, or whether they come to an understanding. But ultimately, whatever is their decision, it is the consumers who need to ensure that their content and privacy remains sacrosanct. I'm Devina Sengupta and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Nehal Chalyawala and coordinated by Shashwat Mohanty. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Do send in your feedback to the morningbrief at timesgroup.com and share the episode on your social media networks. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a nice day ahead. All clips used in this podcast belong to their respective owners. You can find the credits in the description.